right, so here's the problem. This episode is going to be weird because we have to talk about Riven. And I want to talk about Riven because there's a lot of Riven to talk about. But I've started playing Crusader of Senti and all I want to talk about is that game. (laughs) Dude, dude, I am so glad when we were talking about games like, hey, I I have this one written down. Do you want you want to check out this game, Dean? And you're like, oh, yeah, that that looks that looks like it's going to be some wonky controls as we watch the character lumber around and swing a sword in an axe arc. In an axe arc that takes about three seconds to complete. And and then we actually started playing it. and It's just, oh, (laughs) oh, not since illusion of Gaia. Have I felt this thrown off by just like wild out of nowhere dialogue (laughs) in character events and just stuff that takes also music. (laughs) Music's really good. The composer of that game. Yeah, this is the only video game he's ever worked on. What? Yeah, he's like a jazz That's musician. That's so sad. He's he's like a jazz musician in Japan. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. And and then then that's how come some of those tracks are like how the hell is this out of Genesis? Yes, yes. <laughs> Cuz yes. he 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 wanted to make a song and he made the music and didn't think about the fact that it was on a Genesis for even a second. He's like I'll make this work. That's the be- I- that's that it's always the best video game soundtracks where they're like, I wasn't even thinking about writing for a video game. Right. Like, that's I just wanted to make like. stuff that I thought was cool. And then I just made the sound chip do it. Yeah. Cause I don't know. Some of those tunes are just, it takes unnecessarily a good. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it feels a lot like a, a journey to Silius where you, you listen to those tracks and you're like, why are these tracks so good? <laughs> yeah. 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 But like, Journey to Silius music is really good in a conventional video game soundtrack kind yes, of way. True. Whereas like Crusader of Senti music is like, I've never heard a track do this in a video game. Why does the volcano theme sound like a laid back lounge singer blues track? Yeah. Like the, the, the environment to music matchup sometimes just is, oh, whoa. <laughs> you you are, it fits and doesn't fit. And it's, it's wonderful. It's, glorious but that's for next week that is for next week that's just a little teaser there's a little teaser for what we're talking about next week because that game is absurd crusader of senti (laughs) i can't believe i never heard of it you know a game i'd also never heard of actually what riven you'd never heard of riven so i'd heard of mist i'd heard of the mist franchise series but I legit thought that they were all just because I knew there was like a mist three. Right. And I think even there's a mist four and a mist five, possibly. Yeah, I, th- I said I was going to talk more about that, but we're probably not going to talk much about it because I don't I don't know. I didn't I don't remember what I was reading and I didn't <laughs> I didn't uh, uh, I didn't recheck it out. So, yeah, there's a bunch of mists and one of them was an MMO. Oh, I didn't know that. Be... I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it was it was it was supposed to be an MMO, but then there was a whole bunch of issues with getting it to work and there was like Uru live and stuff. It's, it's a, uh, so yeah, there's a lot of mists and that they, all they... sounds terrible. <laughs> I like the pitch though for Uru was something it's an infinite mist. So you'll have like unlimited things to discover and do. And it's like, well, that's a fun idea in theory, but it's not possible. Like it's literally mm-hmm. not possible. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> somebody will do all of the things and you can't possibly have enough people to make this infinite, which I think is partially why, you know, it failed because yeah, yeah, it was bef the, the, the scope of it was massive and no one was there to say, whoa, let's rein it in a little bit. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's give a quick shout out to producers. Oh, yeah. To game like to game producers or producers in like any. So producers are like unsung heroes because nobody likes them. <laughs> they get a bad rap because like their job is to go in and crush your dreams because you have these bit you as a creative person who wants to make the thing who wants to make the thing of your dreams will continue adding on to your ambition and keep making it bigger and bigger and bigger and have more and more and more ideas that go into it forever, yeah. forever. And it will never stop. And, and eventually, like eventually you'll just get so buried in that, that the thing can never come out. And the producer's job is to say like, stop having dreams. This has to ship. <laughs> Which is why sometimes there's a problem when the, the person that's in charge of, making the game uh wears bigger pants than the producer yep and then the producer's voice is basically just there as as a as a nameplate yeah yeah because the the guy in charge is like nah we're doing it anyways he's like okay they're there in a and i and i do this in heavy air quotes advisory role yeah yeah because there has to be one because the credits without them doesn't make sense right right <laughs> but otherwise you know yeah, I, I think even the most like dictatorial, like auteur style directors yeah. who really just kind of impose their vision on the project will still have someone that they bounce ideas off of. Yeah, I feel still like they have someone that they're like, hey, what do you think about this? I want to I want to talk to someone about it. The, but the ultimately, time... they'll just have final say. I feel like the 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 Star Wars one, two and three is what gets brought up a lot with that, mm -hmm. where it was like Lucas was able to kind of just do whatever he wanted and no one was there to be like hey you know yeah the ideas here are fun but maybe we need to change some angles here blah 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 whereas like with the original trilogy lucas was part of a very talented creative team well yeah i mean he came in there and here's this idea for a nine-part space epic and they're like no we're gonna start in the middle <laughs> <laughs> like nope yeah we're starting here because it's interesting sorry david cage comes up as someone who like really needs that influence yeah. to like rein in some of David, his David Cage needs a lot of influence <laughs> he needs someone as a as a game maker to sit him down and say no we're not doing that no stop he, it he speaking might... of Star Wars <laughs> David Cage might need someone from a moral standpoint to do that as well he absolutely does and the courts <laughs> have tried to do that but it didn't stop him from getting the Star Wars license <laughs> it's his series of games is so before i knew him and i and his you know uh some of his quotes which i i don't even want to say because they're so insane yeah um offensive uh, doesn't even begin to get it well yeah because they're it's not even just like a thing you wrote for a character it's his beliefs that he said and it's mm -hmm. like wow well, how do you say this about groups of people uh when i played fahrenheit or remember everyone Detroit Become Human isn't a civil rights allegory. He's just asking questions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what what he said about... I, never mind. Um, yep. when, when I played 
Fahrenheit and indigo prophecy or indigo prophecy. I think. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. That's what it's called in in North America. Yeah. I had a lot of fun. I I was like, this is so cool. I've never played anything like this. What a silly game. Then you become Goku at the end. You're like, yeah, that's fine. Um, My favorite part is when your furniture attacks you. Right, like the game has a lot of really fun ideas, and I, I enjoyed Heavy Rain a whole lot. Of course, when you peel back Heavy Rain, you're sort of left with a oh, a it's terrible. Like it's it's just bad. Like um, it's a really really interesting first playthrough when your brain is mostly off. Yeah, and, and you're and just then, enjoying it like a movie. <laughs> and and then when Beyond Two Souls came out, I was I was really hyped to play it, uh, and our mutual friend bought it and let me borrow it. And I played like half it. Was like I don't, I don't care about this at all. This yeah. is not, this is not interesting to me. Uh, so I ended up, I, I finished it later, but it was like whatever. And then when Detroit became human again, I wanted to play it, but I don't know why I'm drawn to his. I don't get it. I didn't pay for either of those games, but I ended up playing through them, and I had an okay time with both of them. Like at the end of the day, it was okay. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But it just felt like more. It still felt like heavy rain or Fahrenheit. They already did what they're what he's doing in the future. Just they did it first, so it felt more fun. Uh, and so I don't know. It's it feels kind of like blowing. It feels gets... like as the games go on, the actual like graphical fidelity and production value goes up, and the storytelling goes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the best parts of Detroit Become Human are the parts where like the game breaks or something dumb happens. Yeah, the actual story in it is really whatever. I mean, it's 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 just. It's like you said, they're store like, you know, once you know how he writes his characters, you know who everybody is as soon as you see them. Yeah. Yeah. And there here wasn't is even the, anything... Here's the female character you play as. She's the one who will in every single scene be fighting off a sexual assault. Yeah. Or be offering herself up for sex. Yes. Or taking care of a child. Yeah. Because, you know, that's... <laughs> that those are the those are the gender roles well and and his thoughts on what uh in you know quotes what women's places so to speak yeah that well i mean that's what i'm saying like that's where he that's where he thinks they belong yeah i feel i feel uncomfortable even talking about his quotes they're so crazy yeah (laughs) which which doesn't make any sense because you know it's not like i'm saying them but it still feels it's just I don't it, like even repeating them is like don't even put that energy out in the world yeah so i don't know how we got star wars it, i don't know man because i think detroit made some money but did it i didn't even know it did that well so i played it because it was free it was like it was part of the sony thing so maybe sony gave him a bunch of money which then made it seem like it did better than it did Do you know what i mean like i don't there's know. a lot of people who think that game is good oh yeah, yeah, I guess. I, I know. know. It's, but again, it's like, it's smoke and mirrors because there's people who look at it and they're like, wow, this game is, looks so good and the characters are cool. And really like Connor's cool. The other two are give or take. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. No, you're right. In, uh, in addition to being Quantum Dream's most successful launch, the game is also the company's best selling game. Yep. Yeah, I mean, there's no denying it looks good. True. And, like, it has some interesting ideas to it. I am, frankly, insulted that there was an opportunity there to make an actual case about civil rights and about, like, it's it's the coward's way out where it's like, let's use this, like, 
actual civil rights, human rights um, imagery. Mm -hmm. Let's co-opt that to make our game, but avoid making any sort of point about it. Because we don't want to be political. (laughs) It's like, there is an army of like, subjugated second class citizens marking marching down the streets with their hands up saying i have a dream yeah like what do you mean you don't want it to be political <laughs> hey just but you just know ideas. what ultimately detroit made some money david cage is a rich white guy so he gets to do whatever he wants. It's it's <laughs> I, it's interesting to give him the the Star Wars license because I don't maybe they're just giving maybe they're just giving his studio the license so to speak. But like it's still Disney, so Disney's gonna you yep. know what I mean? Like they they have a pretty tight grasp on whatever it is that they're doing most of the time. So I Which imagine could be good. That's what I'm saying. So maybe they're just. They, they like they gave it to his studio, and yes, he's going to make more white or God make a white. I was gonna say a white guy's gonna make more money. Um, uh, I thought you were gonna say he's gonna make more white privilege, and it's like, yeah, no, that's accurate. Yeah, that yeah, that would work too. Um, so in in that respect, maybe it's not great, but the the game might be okay <laughs> because they're I just think... paying a a studio that knows how to make an interactive, pretty video game. So yes, yeah, that is exactly it. I think that this, I what is it? Eclipse, I think it's called. Star Wars Eclipse. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's what it, I mean. That's what it says here. I don't know. <laughs> I think it has the potential to be the best Quantic Dream game because He's there will waiting. be people from Disney, <laughs> Star Wars brand reps. In the room while he's writing the script, who will look it over and say, "Hell no." start over we're not doing that yeah exactly and that's the thing that david cage needs more than i'm listen i think david cage is a hack but he has some things that he does well restraint isn't one of them yeah apparently he has this sort of tarantino-esque thing where you can kind of tell what his weird sexual fetishes are by looking at his uh by looking at his creative output and it's kind of messed up. Tarantino's one of those another one of those types of creatives where his early work was I I like pulp fiction I still really enjoy. Like I like that movie. But his new stuff, I I it's gotten worse with by the movie. Like I, I don't think I Oh no, that's not true. I was going to say I don't think I've actually seen a Tarantino film like from start to finish. Yeah, that, but I did actually me. have a friend who made me watch Kill Bill. Oh yeah, Kill Bill, yeah. Um, I think I saw both parts of that. Don't remember them terribly well. I remember being like, yeah, this is stylish. Yeah, yeah. Kill, that's what's killed. It certainly didn't need to be two parts. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that was yep. when he was, that was his first. I feel like, I I don't know this for a fact, but I feel like that was the movie that he finally was, he was big enough where he could say, I'm doing exactly what I want. Yeah, he's stupid. like unshackled. <laughs> yeah. And, and with the backing of a lot of money, as yeah. opposed to, you know, his earlier or his first stuff, which was you can I can maybe do what I want, but I'm not going to have the money to do everything that I want. Right. So interestingly enough, if your assessment is like that Kill Bill is sort of when he kind of got the ability to 
to just kind of do whatever he want and he was unshackled. Is that around the point that you would say his output started to decline? Yeah, I mean, listen, I really, I like uh, Pulp Fiction and that's, that for the most part, that's sort of it. (laughs) Django Unchained was, I forgot he directed that. Like, that movie is kind of, it's sort of like a, enjoyable movie but not really and i don't mean the content's enjoyable no i mean I like it's mean. like a, a a well put together film but at the same time it was it was kind of i don't know it was better than inglorious bastards which i really disliked and like i i feel like he's got it he's created a whole genre of movie which is like let's take a let's take a historically reviled group of people like nazis or southern slave owners and just like show how terrible they are and then stylishly murder the hell out of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that's the genre. Yes. Yeah. And I think Pulp Fiction was fun because it was just a story that was being told in a unique way at the time. Yeah. And like it, it, the, the, his, that's the best. So that's also sort of like his style became characters talking about irrelevant things in times where it's inappropriate. Right. Like, some kids talking in or like they're talking in a car and they're just chatting and then they hit a bump and he accidentally shoots the person in the backseat and then like, oh, what the hell now? Right. Like it's a it's it's and then they have a conversation about the the ramifications of that or they're talking about their, you know, their hamburger choices and stuff. And it's it's yeah, that that type of writing was unique and fun and interesting. But then because that's who he is, he tries to have that in all of his films. It's like, yeah, I feel like I've had this, like I've, I've heard this style of conversation already and you're just doing it again in a different setting with, you know, different topics, but it's more of the same, which doesn't always work. Sometimes it's Mm -hmm. okay. Sometimes it doesn't. I don't know. Well, then the novelty of it wears off, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. That first time that you're like, I've never heard characters in a movie talk like this before. Like this, (laughs) this kind of conversation and this type of story is like a novel new thing. And it's interesting. Yeah. But you can only really get that like once or twice. Yes. And, And then his last movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, I, I hated that movie. It was so boring. And the, and the points he was trying to make, I just like, it was a big, big shrug for me. I didn't, I didn't understand the the draw of it and i i just i kind of put david cage and tarantino in that same sort of boat of hey we can we can do what we want now and we don't really and we're worse for it <laughs> yeah right yeah <laughs> it somehow made us worse uh so i don't know isn't Tarant? i remember there was some rumors or talks of him getting a star trek film is that oh i have actually... no idea I remember he said he always wanted to do it. I don't know if that's a, a real thing or not. Uh, I, I suppose Star Trek wouldn't have nearly as tight of control as, as a Star Wars game. So I, I, I do think that there's a chance that the Star Wars game will be a fun version of a game you've already played in the Star yeah, Wars yeah, yeah. universe. I, I don't think, think it it's could gonna... be. It's going to be a Quantic Dream game no matter what. Right. For Which better and already, for better you, or worse. You you already know what's coming. Like there's it's not going to mm-hmm. do anything unique or new. Yep. Press the button to have the internal monologue for the thing that you're thinking about. Like, yeah, hit the the keyword and have you have your character talk to themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and maybe maybe they'll do something special with it. I kind of I feel like there's less of a chance of that because Disney gave them money to do the thing that made money. Yeah. Not not try and make a new thing. But at the very least, I think we can. Like, I think we can rule out the idea of, like, 
Princess Leia running from rapists. <laughs> oh, sweet God. I hope so. <laughs> I really, because, unless, unless like, somehow Jabba's involved. <laughs> that literally is like David Cage got the Star Wars license and was like, okay, listen, what if Metal Bikini Leia, but like frantically running from mysterious, mysterious male assailants? Huh? <laughs> So, like, there's going to be someone in the room with him that's like, no, no. You know, it's I, absolutely uh, not. Carrie and Fisher. Oh, sorry. With with a lot of that going on, I feel like if you can put someone in the room with David Cage to control his worst impulses, he can make a serviceable story. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So this one has potential to be an all right game. And it's set in the, the past from the movies. So you won't have movie characters. You'll have, I'm sure there's books and stuff because there's like a million books. Well, they like weirdly decanonized most of those when they did the new trilogy. Oh, because, did they? Yeah, they made a whole big thing of it where it's like, yeah, we're doing the new trilogy and we're basically decanonizing all of the books because there's way too much lore and there's no way we can there's no possible way we can fit these movies in and like sync up with all of that like secondary and tertiary like novel and and game and and all of that comics yeah, because then they like made all new of this lore that, that like kind of goes forward in the story. There's no way we're going to take the time to sync up with all that. So that's all non-canon now. Gotcha. Okay. I guess that makes sense because they made like Rogue One and the the Luke or the Han Solo movie and all that stuff. So they had to kind of they they didn't want to have to deal with whatever was written about those characters. Right. Right. Prior to to that. Yeah, I could see that. And they got the Obi Wan show now too, which I'm oh, also yeah, I, not watching. I heard that was good uh-huh. i've heard like between that and like mandalorian and like it seems like there's good star wars content coming out i'm just not watching any of it yeah we watched the first three episodes of the the first season of the mandalorian we're like yeah this is cool and then i don't remember i think we stopped because i i felt like i was watching uh you know like primetime tv show as opposed to a star wars movie so it had more of the dumb primetime tv antics in it yeah and i was like yeah i don't want to watch this and so I, I stopped uh, my what I've heard is that that was sort of a mistake because the overarching story is pretty cool and the characters are interesting and all of that stuff. But I was like, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Uh, so I, I never watched the, the rest. I of can it relate. I, I like Star Wars. I like the universe. It's cool. The the ride at I went on the, the Millennium Falcon ride at Disney and that was a good time. But I don't know. I didn't want to sit through the show. <laughs> if there's a feeling that I can relate to, like really strongly. It's I've heard that thing is really good. And I believe the people who say it because they have good taste. And generally, I generally when they say something's good, I agree. But I don't care and I'm not going to watch it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. basically. (laughs) As like, I totally believe that this thing is good, but I'm going to do something else with my time. I just Mm -hmm. am. It's I've I have certain there's almost an algorithm I don't know if I talked about this on the podcast or if I was talking if I was talking to Jesse about it, but there is like a there's I, I figured out the reason why I don't watch movies very often. And it has to do with like 
the way that I sort of mentally budget out my time. And okay. it's it's mm-hmm. that like if I have like less than an hour or if I'm thinking that I'm going to spend like less than an hour on some sort of leisure activity, like I'm just going to I'm just going to like sit down and do something for a few minutes before I get up and go do something else. Yeah, I'm just you, taking you like, can watch a, like a a short video on YouTube or something. Exactly. Like that. That's YouTube time because it's like I'll find a, you know, a 15, 20 minute video on YouTube. Now, granted, sometimes that turns into me watching seven or eight 15 to 20 to 30 minute videos on YouTube back to back, but it doesn't feel like I'm spending that much time because each individual thing is like short attention span stuff. So it doesn't feel like I'm spending a lot of time. That's just the way my brain processes it. (laughs) But then it's like, okay, I've got a lot of time. You know, if I'm sitting there and I'm like, I've got like two hours to burn, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm, I'm ready to sit here and do a leisure thing for two hours, which is, you know, the amount of time that you would need to watch a movie. Right. You're just gonna go play a game. One hundred percent of the time. If I'm sitting there thinking I've got a couple hours, what am I going to do with it? The answer is I'm going to play a game. One hundred percent of the time, like without without fail. So like movies end up getting shoved to the second tier because it's like if I have the amount of time that I need to watch a movie, it's game time. Like game time. It's it's game time. There is there's no (laughs) I don't know why that feels like that would just fit there. (laughs) It's Daytona time. (laughs) So like that's like that's where I'm at with movies. And it's kind of sad because I don't necessarily dislike movies. You heard it here first. Dean hates movies and thinks you shouldn't watch them. I mean, listen, I there was a time that I would have said that unironically. <laughs> but in my in my older, wiser days, mm-hmm. I've come to understand that it's like generally when I do sit down to watch a movie, I have a good time. And they're, they're, you know, it's, it's an enjoyable experience. I just don't do it very often because on the hierarchy of things that I want to be doing at any given moment, movies are never at the top. Yeah. I think everybody has that for something, right? I think for a lot of people that is games. It's like, I would play a video game, but like, I'm really behind on whatever Netflix show that I'm watching, or I really want to watch this movie or I want to go out with friends. That's what I mean. That's, that's. I think that's just like normal that everybody has one thing that a lot of people like that you're kind of like, yeah, I don't care about that. And I like like for you, it's movies. For me, it's sort of watching YouTube or Twitch for the most part, aside hmm. from you and Dota and stuff. And like it's it's somebody has or everyone has that one thing that's like, God, I don't know how this is like, I understand how this is so popular, but I don't I don't ever have the time to do it because it's just not something that fits into my, you know, like you said, your hierarchy of needs. Your your here's my my free time here's how i want to spend it mm-hmm. and maybe this will fit in occasionally if someone kind of pushes me in that direction but otherwise i'm left to my own accord yeah it probably won't happen like the last movie that i watched was um it was oh god i want to say it was in like may um it was a couple months ago uh, jesse and i went out and grabbed a bunch of random snacks from a circle k okay like their uh, hot dog flavored chips excellent and uh flaming hot mountain dew yeah how how did that taste it tasted like 
Mountain Dew, but then it was slightly spicy. But like it didn't taste spicy, it just had a burn to it. But the flavor wasn't any different. <laughs> that's just weird. It wasn't bad because it just tasted like Mountain Dew. Right, that's what I mean. It's it doesn't it doesn't sound like it's offensive. It's just kind of weird. <laughs> yeah, it's just like oh, and now it's now it's like kind of burning my throat a little bit, but like not in a really bad unpleasant way. It's just like it just feels like I <laughs> ate spicy food, but it doesn't taste like I did. Right. <laughs> that doesn't sound worth it. It's. It, Other I, than, like, the first time to try it. Yeah. It, it, it's not something that I don't think it's meant for anyone to, like, buy a 12-pack of it. It is for the YouTubes. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it was one of those things where it's like, hey, Circle K has, like, weird flavors of things. Yeah. I think there was a, I think there was actually a different Mountain Dew flavor. I think it's like the, it was like a, a purple cut, like a. I don't remember what it's. I don't oh, remember what they, it's called. I mean, they 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 sometimes cycle through flavors and stuff, right? Like, yeah. they have they have fancy it was, flavors. It was literally a specifically um, Circle K exclusive flavor. Oh my god! And we, I don't remember where we were going, but we were just on a side of town, and I was we were driving home, and I was like, hey. There's a Circle K at this exit. You want to go get the thing and just try it? Because we'd been talking about trying it. So we stopped in and we grabbed that. And we grabbed the flaming Hot uh, the flaming Hot Mountain Dew and, you know, a couple of bags of chips and just, like, had a weird, had a weird snack run. <laughs> and the guy yeah. at the counter was like, movie night? And we were like, sure? <laughs> like, it wasn't gonna be. It was just like, we want to try these weird snacks. And then the guy asked if it was movie night and we were like, yeah, we could do that. Yeah, it's now movie night. It is now movie night. So it it was. We got home and we watched Turning Red. Oh yeah, I, I I saw the trailer for that. I did not see the movie though. How was that it? movie's all right? Yeah, okay, that's that's what I would have guessed from the trailer. It's fun. It's not Pixar's best. It's not Pixar's worst. It's a it's a good Pixar movie. Cool. I I mean to be frank, that's sort of what I would want from a Pixar movie. Yeah. I don't need to Pixar's... knock my socks off. I don't like now, like, bef- like, so as a, as a, I don't know you know, I, I loved uh, monsters Inc, but I was also, sure. how old was I when that came out? 15 or something. I don't know. Uh, so, I think you're overestimating. I think that movie came out when we were like 10. Yeah, that probably fits. Let's see. 2001. Nope. I was exactly 15. You were 15. We were, I was also 15. <laughs> wow. Depending on what time when in 2001, it came out. Uh, November, so I had just turned 15. Yeah, I would have also been 15. Wow, damn, nailed it. That's nice. Nailed it. That's a, that's, a, <laughs> I'm not, that's impressive for myself. I'm patting myself on the back here. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm <laughs> genuinely impressed. <laughs> oh, and I loved that movie. So, and I would have been like, this is the, you know, you know, I love listening to little kids talk about a, a thing that they like. And, oh, they, yeah. and they talk about it being like the best ever, the first time it's ever been done. Oh, Nothing's yeah, ever come yeah, yeah. close. Like before you I, get all jaded and you're and you're like, there's nothing new in the world. <laughs> yeah, everything sucks. <laughs> 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 like listening to a kid talk about a thing that they love is freaking awesome. It because really they are is. So excited. And they if have you're no listening frame to this, of reference and everything is new and exciting and the best. It's yeah, so if, wholesome. If you're listening to this and you ever stomp on a kid's dream for saying that stuff, you you're a bad person. And I and I mean that from my heart. 
Let let that kid love his let, love his favorite toy, his favorite thing. Let him think that no one has ever done a movie about time travel before. Okay, it's fine. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can you can show them. Hey, check this out. You might like this because this other thing was great. But yeah, don't yeah, take yeah. that away from them. <laughs> it's so precious. Eventually, <laughs> they will come to the realization that the thing they love is shit. <laughs> right? Yeah. But that's don't worry. not your job. <laughs> One one day they're going to be like, what? This existed already? Oh my god, Every, my life's a lie. Eventually. It's an important coming of age, though. Eventually, they will grow up and they will look back on the first time that they, that they found a broadcast of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> and they will realize... That that was not, in fact, the greatest show ever made. <laughs> unless unless you just don't have the ability to reflect, because Ninja Turtles was the greatest show ever made. And <laughs> I mean, Ninja Turtles was a better show than Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, would, I would agree with you, but I would also have to say they kind of, you know, shoehorned Mighty Morphin Power Rangers into the American high school. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, if they just let it be its tokusatsu nonsense, <laughs> well, then like Haim Saban would never have gotten it on American Airways. But no. I, I love that. That like, it, what's what's the uh, uh, Robotech right? That's like three shows smushed together. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Oh yeah, I've heard about that. It's like it's a total mishmash. <laughs> it's like what are the sh- I can't remember. It's like Macross. Uh, I gotta see. I can't remember what what the shows are. Um, yeah, I, I totally know what you're talking about. Super Dimension Cavalry Southern Cross and Genesis Climber most most pay a die. I don't know. <laughs> like how they, I love that it's just like they they took stuff from different shows and cut them together. <laughs> I mean, it really is like, that's the era of like, they did not care about well, the source material. They're no. like, we got the rights to this, make it work. I mean, I know it's not actually plagiarism because they have the the rights to do the things that they did, but it feels like, it feels like a paper that somebody would write where they copy and paste it and they just forget that Google exists. <laughs> I like, it's like copy and pasting a paper and then... To like to because you want it to like miss the plagiarism checkers, yeah. you copy a, a you copy a paragraph from Wikipedia and just throw it in the middle right. <laughs> and put quotes around it. <laughs> yeah. Or not. <laughs> or not. Yeah. <laughs> it's so beautiful. <laughs> hey, you want to hear something that's that's not great? No, but you're going to tell me anyway. It's it's only not great for some people. It's not it's not like we're not we're not talking about, you know, moral issues here or, or crisis of, of conscience or anything like that. This is it's That's just for later. Right, right. No, this is just Lego has decided to increase their prices by 30 percent because of global shortages of Lego parts. But it would appear for mostly only the quote unquote adult sets, which as mm-hmm. people have listened, if they know me, I, I can't stand these kinds of labels where it's like adult or gamer or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
so so the like the Nintendo question mark block was $170, which is already fairly expensive for it's just a shelf piece, but now it's like 200 something dollars because because they can. Like this year Lego has had record sales of, of ever like for their entire company and they're like, "Hmm. We've sold too many sets. What if we increase the price?" <laughs> That's capitalism. Also, the uh the normal uh noon tornado alarm test is going off. Oh, I thought they were just upset about the Lego prices. No, they're they're upset because there's a siren going off, so now they have to howl at it. That makes sense, yeah. Well, now and what actually happens knows. is what actually happens is Kit howls at it and then Dio barks at her. Yeah, Dio Dio's barking at nothing. He's just responding to a response. Yes, that's correct. <laughs> So anyway, that's happening. Yeah, that's it. Like, it's really telling that it's like, oh, we're we're raising the Lego prices, but only on the people that we're pretty sure will just buy them anyway. Right? Yes. It's for the sets where they're like, yeah, they're not going to care. Or if they do care, they're still going to do it. <laughs> oh, man. I am like, okay, so I know you said this wasn't going to be like... Uh-oh. Uh, goodness. I know you oh, said no. this wasn't going to be like a moral issue. Yeah, But I got to say, this whole inflation thing, I am convinced that half of it is like, hey, can we get away with this? Yeah, it, it's basically like, oh, man, everyone's talking about inflations. It's time to increase our profit margins. No, I am. I have no doubt that's what it is, because there's no reason why pop has gone up, you know, three dollars for a 12 pack. Like, get out of here. Or, or did you see, okay, Leticia was looking through her, uh, her newsfeed and, and they, they're trying to get people scared about Halloween candy saying there's going to be a shortage of candy, but then they list only the popular things like Reese's pieces or crunch bars. Like, oh, oh, of course those ingredients are going to be hard to find. So you better stock up now. Cause we're going to, uh, jack the price up come Halloween, but you right. know, inflation or the, I guess, I guess all of the, the candy ingredients are stuck on a barge somewhere, right? Like what, what on earth are you talking about? <laughs> they're on about? the, they're on the, the ever given. <laughs> what, what, what the, it's just nonsense. It's total BS because they can get away with it. So I'm, I'm really glad that these billion dollar companies are going to be making more billions at our expense because of a global pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I, like, cool. I, cool. well, and, and you know, and and Russia. Oh, true. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there is undoubtedly some things that are being legitimately affected and they're having Absolutely. trouble and they have yes. to, you know, they have to adjust things to, you know, to keep paying their workers bottom dollar. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like I, I understand that there are some parts of this that are legitimate, but anytime inflation becomes a hot button issue, it is a green light to every company on earth to be like, well, we have an excuse now, so this is more expensive. Deal with it. <laughs> nobody and then will they, be mad. And then like they post record profits in that quarter and nobody <laughs> right? bats an eye. That's that's the part that blows my mind. That's the, actually the part that. So if all of that information was private, then I'd be like, yeah, okay. Like people that want to make more money are going to make more money because they can. But the fact that it's it's like the headlines are next to each other, right? Yep. <laughs> and everyone's like, yeah, okay. I guess I'll I'll, I'll buy my seven dollar bag of Doritos. <laughs> Literally, it happened the other day where it's like gas prices. Like I I'm seeing them right next to each other, juxtaposed. Gas prices reach all time high. 
shell post record quarterly profits. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and they're going to build a trillion dollar mirror mall or something in the desert. Oh yeah. I heard about that. <laughs> so it's just like, again, some of it is legitimate, but when you start talking about it, everyone just does it. And then there's just no, like, no, if you are raising your prices proportionately to the amount that your costs are raising, your profits should stay somewhat consistent. Well, it certainly shouldn't set records. It should be like in a reasonable, it should be in a reasonable level of like, okay, well, you know, our costs went up, so we have to raise prices to compensate for that. And we're going to keep it around the same level, but without fail, every single time it's like, well, our, our expenses have gone up because of supply chain, inflation, government taxes, something, something, something (laughs) regulation. So we have no choice. We have to raise our prices by 10%. And then it's like quarter three profits exceed all time record by 10%. (laughs) It's like, oh, oh, we didn't we didn't pay our employees more. What? What? No, we just kept it. We paid. I I made more money. Yeah. I don't know about other people. Speaking of capitalism, I've got a question for you from Swoggles. Oh, man. The the Swoggles mail section. The Swoggles question hour. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's better. It'll take about 10 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, that's a Game Grumps thing. They do the they do the ten minute power hour. Oh, do they really? <laughs> yeah, they have a show like it's just their sort of variety show video thing. Yeah, they call it the ten minute power hour. <laughs> I I've stopped watching Game Grumps like for for years now, but every once in a while, one of those pops up, and I'm like, that's a fun that that's a fun title for your little segment. I like it. About six. What year would that make it? No, maybe a little more than that. No, it's more like eight, maybe years ago. Uh, I downloaded a DDR music pack of someone who had made remixes of like the first year or two of Game Grump stuff. Oh yeah. They, are, yeah, they are so much fun to DDR too. Like whoever did the steps and whoever made the songs, I can't remember their name now. I want to say it was. I wouldn't know something. the actual DDR mapper, but I know some of the people who actually probably did those the music. Yeah, the, it's it's like Banana Shoes. Do you remember that song? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So it was the guy who did Banana Shoes and a bunch of other ones. And yeah, man, yeah, they yeah. are so much fun to, to DDR to. And that is most of my experience with Game Grumps because I only heard about it from you. And you're like, hey, you got to check these out. And I was like, oh, these are fun. And yeah. we watched a bunch at, at your house. Uh, mm-hmm. And then I found those songs like, oh, this is awesome. I can DDR to these songs. And then that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I know it's not the same people anymore because the original dude turned out to be kind of a... A, a punk uh, yeah so i to speak that's that's one way of putting it certainly <laughs> yeah i believe um i believe they just celebrated like 10 years of game grumps since dan joined wow really yeah that's crazy holy I, cow I, I think that's right jesse mentioned something about it and i was like did me i was like do they mean like 10 years since the show started or 10 years since like the current show started. <laughs> yeah. Cause the, Cause that one... early era is kind of like a, it's a different age at this yeah. point. Yeah. I mean, it totally is. It's, it's, it was only, wasn't it only him and, um, John Tron for like two years or something at the most. Yeah. Maybe not even maybe like a year and a half. Yeah. 
and then then they switched over to the to the yeah. new guy who also did some <laughs> lecherous stuff but whatever <laughs> i mean yes but within the law within the law fair <laughs> i mean like listen i am not going to sit the here and judge a man who plays in a band called ninja sex party whose whose stage name is danny sex bang I'm not going to sit here and be like, I am appalled that he would sleep with fans. Yeah, no, not at all. <laughs> like, it's it was I thought that the 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 weird part was that they were younger or something. There were or so there was a controversy. It? There was a controversy that he was like grooming underage fans that uh, turned out to be completely unsubstantiated. And even the person who initially broke the story was like, I misunderstood the situation. This oh, is okay. completely not true. Oh, then, oh, then yeah. I didn't even hear about that. So yeah, sleeping with your fans is not, you know, yeah, that seems uh, he, pretty normal for rock people. Yeah, it's, and I mean, he doesn't exactly like, he doesn't exactly put out an image of someone who would not do that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's kind of the whole. Th no, that that changes my entire perception. Yeah, the, like him. if that were the case, that would be a problem. But I, I feel really bad because this is one of those situations where the initial rumor went really far and wide, and then the correction of like that's completely not true. Like nobody seems to have heard about that. Yeah, I did. I actually, I had no idea. That's that's. You're that's... probably the third or fourth person that I've talked to that yeah. heard about the initial controversy and did not hear about the correction. Wow, that's really not cool. Yeah, it, I feel like that's how a lot of things work is like, I mean, there's an entire wing of, uh, I'm going to pull it back to the, I'm going to pull it back to, to political issues now. But there's no. an entire, there's an entire wing of like propaganda and misinformation that is built around the idea of like, if you put out the fake story, everyone will repeat it. And then when you eventually have to correct it, no one will care or no True. one will like the, the that... real correction information that causes you to have to like reconsider the first thing that you heard will not have as much legs as the initial breaking news thing. Yeah. 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 Cause it's not even, it's not even that people won't care. It's just that it won't push headlines because people only want to click on the, you know, the sensational headline. Right. Not the, Oh, we were wrong. The dude's actually okay. Yeah, we were wrong and everything's actually fine is not as interesting a headline as like drama, intrigue, crime. <laughs> yeah, crime. Everybody loves a nice crime. Yep. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we had a question, I believe. Yes. So um, do you have to cue the music. I do have to cue the music. Okay. Um, the music is cued. The music is now cued. Uh, Swaggles like low key called you out. <laughs> Why is that? So he's, he says you can just ignore this question if you'd rather not answer, and we're not doing that unless we are, in which case there will be an awkward edit about five minutes earlier than this. Sure. In which he asks, um, do you and Tom have jobs outside of the podcast? Oh, yeah. I'm mostly wondering this because of Tom's playtimes. Why? Why? I've been gaming since I was a toddler, and I've never had any non-MMO reach a thousand hours of playtime, let alone five times that. <laughs> yeah, well, Dota 2 is like an MMO, though. Well, it's different, right? Because it's like, it, there's MMOs, which are games that you can just kind of play 
Well, no, I guess it's not that different. Because I was going to say it's different when it's something like Dota or like a sports game or Overwatch where you're kind of just doing the same thing over and over. Sure. But MMOs are a bit at a certain point just kind of doing the same thing over and over. But it's, yeah, a, I mean, it's a collaborative, you know, social thing that you do with friends. So it is actually kind of the same in some ways. So so with Dota, I've been playing it for 10 years and the, the, the 5,000 hours. So let's see, let's say I play six hours every week. What's so... So if you were to just take the six hours roughly that I play every week and times that by the number of weeks and by 10, you'd be at 3,000 hours. But the first few years, I was playing it pretty much every day because all of my friends, they could play it then too. We just had more free time, yada, yada, yada. So I dumped a ton of time into that. So it's really more a matter of the amount or like the... the, the it's how the total it's length of time you've been playing the same game. Yeah, yeah. The... I suppose Animal Crossing is a little crazier because that's like almost a thousand hours in, in uh, like two years at this point. Yeah, but I'm little, also the person. So when when <laughs> when uh, uh what's it called? Breath of the Wild came out. It launched on a th- well Friday, but you could pick it up Thursday at midnight. And yeah. that next week was spring break, so I had at the university that I was working or am working at, they, they, it's spring break. So I didn't have to do anything that week. And I put in like 130 hours, which if you do the math means I stayed up for, you know, multiple nights in a row for the entirety of that week where I only slept maybe 20 hours over the course of a week, just cause I wanted to play so much of that video game. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm the kind of person that will be like, yeah, I'll sleep three hours. That's fine. I want to play this game for 23 hours. Well, that doesn't add up. You know <laughs> it was good. <laughs> you wanted to play the game so badly you just added time to the clock yes yep that's what i did correct <laughs> yeah that'll that'll get you uh, elevated play times for sure if you just have two extra hours every day hey i can manipulate time and i use it to add hours to video games <laughs> <laughs> nothing nothing practical or useful okay oh man <laughs> Speaking of adding hours to video games, I'm going to I'm going to dive out of the question and then back into it. I sure. just I don't want to make this like the fourth or fifth week in a row that I just talk about Xenoblade, but I've made it to the final chapter in Xenoblade and it's listed as final chapter, so I'm like, cool, we're at point of no return basically. We've done it. I'm going to go do the side quests now. Good. Yeah. So now yeah, I'm at a point where it's like I, I'm pretty sure that I won't have to worry about like dropping it for three months because I'll go do side quests until the side quests become like way too tedious and boring and I just don't care anymore. And then I will go finish the game and it'll take like a couple of hours. <laughs> but I am at about 110 hours in that game now, that's, which is that's a, a lot, lot for me. Yeah, I mean, that's a lot for most games. I, and, and I think my, my elevated playtime is also partially due to like that's that's it i work and play video games <laughs> like Lachisi and i play video games together we'll go see movies but we have an apartment so i have no i have like no house chores to worry about ever no kids it's all video games baby that that that's the big thing right yeah like is we're both like the big thing is we both have jobs yeah yeah and those jobs keep us pretty busy at times yeah, i've worked oh god it's i don't even well I won't talk about it, but it's been very busy this last uh, week and will be for this month as we gear up for the next, the start of the fall semester. 
Yeah. Um, I, so the actual question is, do we have jobs? And the answer is yes. Yeah. Yep. Um. <laughs> A fair question, though. <laughs> One, some of my family members are probably wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, mine too, because I am a freelance writer, which sounds like I'm broke. That sounds like a thing that people say when they don't have a job, but they don't yeah. want to say they're unemployed. Right, right. But actually, I make more money like now than I ever have my whole life because I have two different clients that I work for regularly. And I'm basically an employee for them in all but like legal status. Mm hmm. Because I work for them like every week. I have just, I put in hours. It's basically just being an employee, only they don't have to pay for insurance. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> but because of that, I make like actually way more money than I would if I was on salary. Because yeah, I basically just out. bill hours when I, when they need me. So I'm, I'm sort of almost like a consultant in some ways. That's what it sounds like. Um... So I work for one company that is a marketing firm and through them I've been doing um, I've been doing some work that is uh, related to Square Enix. I've been doing some work that is uh, loosely related to uh, Halo and uh, and some other things that are not things I can really talk about because there's like NDAs all over the place. And also yeah. they're not as name droppy as those other things. So you probably wouldn't know what they were, even if I mentioned them. Um, but you know, far be it from me to not take an opportunity to say, I work with square Enix <laughs> on a video game podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, the <laughs> we'll other job is not as exciting, but it's actually the one I put more hours into. And it's basically just writing, um, like, SEO optimized website copy and blogs for businesses. Essentially like essentially like Google has a whole algorithm on what makes your site show up good in search results for things. Yep. And my job is basically like look at what the good words are that Google wants to see and write your website with those words in a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah, that's that that seems like it's that sums it up. But still, but you have to do it in a way where it actually like makes sense. And it still sounds like you're not just trying to like, Trick you're not just algorithm. trying to like slap keywords in a bunch of places on the page and then make all the other words like work in around it. Cause that you're still like your, your audience is still ultimately customers. Sure. So like it needs to read well for them. So it has to be like ad copy for them and it has to like tell them what they need to know but you also have to sort of like puzzle in the uh the right words for the google bots so it works for them too it's not as it doesn't sound exciting or interesting and it's less exciting and interesting than it sounds but i really enjoy it because it's kind of like it's writing, it's, it's, it's very straightforward, like informational writing, but with a sort of like weird puzzle aspect to it. Cause it's like, how do I get this to fit here? Mm -hmm. There's like a zillion different ways I could write this sentence, but I have to do it in a way where I can work these words into these places. And that's yeah, actually like legitimately really fun for me. <laughs> I mean, it is a puzzle game. I mean, oh, are we segueing? Oh, we can. I wasn't even thinking that's good. Wait, yeah. Did, yeah, we, we we played a puzzle game this week. We played a puzzle game. Well, you played we? a puzzle game. I watched a puzzle game. Yeah, that's right. 
I don't and mean to call you... you out. I just want to set expectations appropriately. Well, not even that, but did you play a puzzle game? <laughs> I think it played me. <laughs> so I went to Costco yesterday. Oh, I, you guys, I didn't know you had a Costco membership. Not that it's something we would talk about. It's just, uh. yeah, it's like, it's the most like ordinary domestic thing. Yeah, but it's, it's kind of fun too, because the, so the, the, the best part of Costco has to be the, the, the food place, like the little snack bar where you get food for a dollar. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's sort of a weird, okay. So one of the reasons we meant, we, we went, um, we had a membership in Korea. Because Costco was a really good place to get sort of like American import stuff for a reasonable price. That makes sense. Sure. Um, so it was, it was still like a distinctly Korean experience, but like there was just more stuff there that was difficult to find there that you wouldn't think would be difficult to find. Just something as simple as like microwavable popcorn. Yeah. That's something I would like to have. Yeah. and, And like, just, just. Things like that that are, like, grocery store staples here that, like, you can get in Korea, but you have to go to, like, the right store, and then you're going to pay out the nose for it because it's just not a like normal a thing, thing that's stocked there. It's like, a, right. it's like an import or a specialty thing. And Costco has it for reasonable prices, so we'd go there and we'd just stock up on things that we were going to use a lot of. Seems um, good. But that was in, like, 2015, and I don't think I've been to one since. Okay, yeah. So we have one that's close to us and it's close to the Aldi where Jesse does a lot of her uh, grocery shopping anyway. So on a whim, we just kind of went out to one yesterday and it's just like a weird, like I don't go there to shop because we're in a, we're in a household of two people and everything that Costco sells is like, this is, this will take us two months to go through. (laughs) And we'll probably spoil before we get to it. (laughs) Like there's, there's no way that we need all of this. So it's, it's either like we won't use it before it expires or it doesn't expire, but we'll have it forever. And like, there's no need for that. Then we have to just keep it in the house somewhere. So it's more just like the novelty of being there. And I have to admit it was fun. It was fun to just go around and just look at weird stuff and like <laughs> who needs 48 packs of pop tarts. <laughs> my, my, just, specula- my, uh, just speculate on like what kind of person needs this much of this item. Yeah, my my uh, my cousins, because they 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 my aunt and uncle had like five kids and then they adopted four more. Yeah, they that'll needed, do it. They needed 48 packs of pop tarts and that wouldn't even last them that long. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking like large families, uh, like like schools or like like preschools or daycares or like like a place where you just have a lot of kids or, or just like a lot of you're just serving a lot of people there on a regular because in a, like a business mm-hmm, type sure. of like I could see that. But it's like for just a, a like a married couple. that has trouble going through like a gallon of milk before it expires. Like this is really, it's, it's just fun. It is. It really is. fun. It's just fun to see like like the 10 gallon container of mayonnaise is impressive. Yes, absolutely. The words. That's the most mayonnaise I've ever seen. were literally uttered verbatim yesterday. Yeah. 
Yeah. I feel that's like that's the one that always sticks in my head from when I was a kid and we would go there because my dad, everyone, I don't know. I don't remember how it worked. I don't know if they shared a membership or what, because there's no reason for my uh, dad and stepmom to have it because it was just the two of them. And then me sometimes when, you know, depending on the rotation of where I was, <laughs> um, but we would go there and I, I remember the the giant mayonnaise container. Mm-hmm. It's a yep. lot. So we bought four things. Technically right. five, but basically four. Um, we bought a uh, we bought shampoo and conditioner. Okay. Um, because it one. wasn't really yeah that that just sticks around and you will eventually use it. Yeah. Also, it was a brand that we get once in a while because it's kind of pricey. Ooh. It's like you yeah, treated no, yourself. Normally, we get like the five dollar a bottle shampoo. But there's this one brand that we get once in a while when we feel like our hair is starting to get a little, a little frizzy. Yeah, you need to kind of like treat love. it a bit. And it's like the $20 a bottle stuff. <laughs> um, which is like way out more than I'm used to spending on it. Yeah. But they had the shampoo and conditioner uh, packaged together for like 26 or something like that. And I'm like, oh, that's good. That's like that's like significantly less than we usually pay for it. We can get that. Yeah. So we got that and we got some multivitamins because those were cheap. <laughs> and then we got a dozen croissants. Oh, man. I, they, they have some nice baked goods. Yeah, they do. That This is one thing that I know about Costco is like you go over to the bakery section is like, oh, wow. OK, this is this is way too much of way too good of a thing. Yeah, that's the one thing I miss. Cause, so we don't have a membership, but my mom did and we would use it sometimes. And I, I, I miss the. I miss like the croissants or like the giant muffins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really... They had those. They had coffee cake muffins that were like the size Ooh. of a fist. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. It's the normal size. Yeah. That's just it. God only knows what they're made out of, but they're delicious. And uh, and then we bought a. Uh... So we're white. Yes. And being white, we have sort of a penchant for particularly bland foods. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, I like food with flavor, but I can also just eat a slice of bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I be really that. happy about that. Not do anything to it, not spread anything on it. Just grab it out of the bag and shove it in my mouth. And that's, sure. I'm like, hey, this is great. Hey, I'm hungry. <laughs> so during COVID, we stocked up on the usual, like, sick, the usual, like, I'm sick supplies, where we have some soup and we have some Verner's which is the particularly Michigan I'm sick thing. <laughs> Even though like adult me is like, why would you drink soda when you're sick? That's the worst thing. Yeah. But Verner's Verner's is, you know, it just, it works for people from Michigan. <laughs> it's, it's 100% placebo and there's no yes. way that it's actually good for you. But like at a certain point, what you want is comfort and Verner's when you're sick is comfort. So and and saltines yeah that makes sense and then we got to a point where we were just eating saltines out of the package <laughs> because we were like fair. whatever it's just a it's just a flavorless vehicle for salt yep and that's great i will eat a package of saltines so we got 12 sleeves of saltines <laughs> because we just started eating them i just i really want an excuse to have some salt it's like not putting anything on them, not making little sandwiches, not putting them in soup, just eating saltines. Sure. You got you got to do what you got to do to survive. 
<laughs> if triangle strategy taught us anything, it's that you need salt to survive. That's worth fighting wars over. Yeah. <laughs> All right. That, that's that's my Costco story for the week. Riven. That, Riven. So, oh, to, to, to clarify something. Oh, um, yeah. I didn't feel like you were calling me out when when because i didn't play riven because the truth is when i said that riven would be good for the post the podcast when we were chatting about it after it was suggested i knew full well that i was never going to play it and that you would play it because i, I, I don't also like knew you weren't going to play it <laughs> i am i am not a fan of this style of game at all and would never play it so it's great that you played it because i wanted to i was curious i wanted to see what it would look like watching someone figure it out and and I got that experience, which is pretty much what Mist is, except you had the benefit of <laughs> every now and again being like, hey, chat, yeah. what am I supposed to do? Save me from the next three hours of walking around this map and give me some direction. For the most part, you did things on your own or even even with it was more like suggestions or ideas. And then and then you went about solving it. But but there were some moments where it was like, I don't I don't have a clue. Just yeah. let's go. <laughs> yeah, there it's it's a weird thing that you have to balance out with uh, with streaming because like I'm stubborn and would absolutely just go click on every square inch of the game. Yeah, if you were not playing it on camera, that's what that's how you would you know, you would go through the game just by like, all right, let's do this. And you just click everywhere and sort it out. And. So like I have the I have the patience and the stubbornness to do that, but on stream I have to be concerned with keeping things moving forward because eventually if I'm walking in circles for 2 hours and not doing anything, people will leave. Like people will be like, "Okay, I I can't anymore." Yeah. Like even if they are patient, even if they want to wait for me, to sort things out and figure things out. Like, even if they're there for that experience, there is a certain threshold where it's like, I'm this is just not fun to watch anymore. Yeah. Like, I'm sure he'll get there eventually, but it's not worth waiting for it. So I'm going to go do something else. I'll come, I'll come back in, you know, 30 minutes, see if he's figured it out. Maybe I'll watch the VOD or not. Yep. <laughs> but, yep. but, but I don't need to see it happen firsthand anymore. <laughs> Incidentally, it is uh, Riven is now going up on YouTube, and I'm not editing it at all. <laughs> Perfect. You don't. I don't so, think you should. But the thing is, on YouTube, it's different because at least if you're bored with what's going on, you can just scan forward in the episode. Oh, that's until true. It yeah, looks, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can fast forward the boring part if you want. Um. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey. Uh, welcome to the Retro Breakdown. I'm Time Wander. He's Tom. I oh, stream yeah. at twitch.tv slash Time Wander. And uh, streams go up on YouTube at youtube.com slash Time Wander. Follow the Retro Breakdown at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, CastBox, wherever podcasts are given away for free. And also... Um, can they write into us? Yes. And also send us uh, your emails at the retro breakdown at gmail.com. So we can read it like we read Swaggle's email earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we'll, we'll introduce ourselves at the start of every episode or sometime <laughs> after that or in subsequent episodes. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Perfect. All right. So Riven. Yeah. Riven. This is not... Pro so 
I'm all over the map with this. Oh, take a moment. Um, you would think that I would have had time to collect my thoughts, but like, no, it is. Would you like to read some lore? <laughs> generally? No, I, I just want to get through like general feelings on it before we dig really deep into it. Okay. Cause this, okay. This is a good place to start. Generally speaking, this was a positive experience. Yeah, it was positive this, for me to watch. This I, I was this was a fun experience. It was it was interesting. It is impressive in a lot of ways that hold up really well the for game the style looks, of game that it is. It looks damn good. It really does. It looked good. And I think <laughs> I mentioned this at least half a dozen times during the during this during the the stream mm-hmm. is like Riven is a great example of a game that visually ages immaculately because not because it's still not because it can't be outdone graphically now because it absolutely can sure but because it has a very very well realized art style that it executes perfectly Mm -hmm. like it is going for a very particular look and that look is like they use weird CG and like 3D modeling that looks 90s as hell. That water effect, that like <laughs> oh, yeah. bubbling water effect is yeah. like that looks like a screensaver. <laughs> it's, but it's in the weird. moment I'm looking at it and I'm like, that's so cool. It's it's kind of funny because you know the idea behind the art was I want to make this look gritty and real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But because of whatever they did to make it look gritty and real in in 97 or 6 or whatever it 97, was 97 I think uh it gave it a stylized look today yeah <laughs> which doesn't yeah, it's it's funny how that happened the look is 90s realism yeah right <laughs> and it actually like it's impossible to like take it out of that context because it doesn't look close enough to being like real real no for you to actually like process it in that way. Mm-mm, so mm-mm. instead it has this like almost sort of like amateur film style quality that makes yes, it look yes. really artistic. Uh-huh. It's it's funny that this is this was at the time, you know, cutting edge, the best. Oh my oh, god, yeah. it's photorealistic. Uh-huh. Unbelievable. But however that panned out with time just makes it look unique and it will never i don't think like we've talked about and for wind waker and you were talking about just a second Mm -hmm. ago is that this it will always look good yeah it will always look good because it's like it's moved out of the era where it's this one's really bizarre because usually the games that have a visual style that holds up are the ones that aren't going for realism That's, that's that's what i'm saying is so strange that typically yeah, if photorealism is not photorrealistic. Three years later, it's laughable, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, like, you can oh look God, back on like good. attempts at realism in the PS3 era, and it's like, <sighs> or or yeah, or, you know, Grand Theft Auto is 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 a, the evolution of Grand Theft Auto is a great example because you look yeah. at San Andreas and it's like, oh my God, this is so much better than Grand Theft Auto Three. But then you look at the next game, you're like, oh, hmm, no, it looks like a PS2 game. Yep, yep, yeah. It doesn't doesn't it doesn't transcend that. Watching no, I, the I, run cycle in Vice City is hilarious. Yeah. yeah, it's it's I suppose depending on your 
feeling those games also will transcend time because it's like oh this looks like this era of game so it's sure always, yeah so but but i feel like riven you could be a person that's like nah i don't care about old stuff i don't like the way these things look but you could look at the someone playing riven and aside from maybe the gameplay itself you would see the environment like oh that that looks unique that looks cool i like the yeah. way that looks the atmosphere in riven is unrivaled yeah and and the the although fun to poke fun at the 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 bit at the beginning saying please for the love of god don't use your your onboard speakers in 97 for this game (laughs) yeah 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 please please the speakers are worse than your telephone speakers yeah your home phone you know the (laughs) wired one on a landline they're like get some headphones get some get some speakers and let yourself you know fall into this world because yeah. <laughs> because the onboard speakers on your 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 Dell or not even Dell it would be there's probably a gateway uh oh yeah yeah <laughs> are going to are going to ruin this <laughs> and you want that sound cuz the the environment you need the, the, experience, you need the sound blaster yeah <laughs> the, the atmosphere of that game is is great yeah it's it's really like <laughs> visually impressive it is visually impressive and it shouldn't be because they're going so hard for realism they have actual live actors mm-hmm. who are clearly green screened oh yeah for sure i think one of them is actually the one of the brothers that started cyan the, the oh that point. makes sense oh, i mean i, I like at a certain point it's like I don't assume when they were making Mist, they had the budget to pay actors. True. That's very true. Yeah, it was out of their garage kind of a thing. And so I, I 100% assume that they were like, yeah, let's just, we, we'll just do it. And the thing <laughs> is, by the time they made Riven, they totally did. Because I think the guy who plays Gen is actually a British stage actor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that, yeah, that fits. I think that he's fits. an actual professional. Yeah, I, I remember but reading an article. But at that point, you have characters who were established and missed who have to reprise their roles despite not being actual actors. Yeah, that's what I was going to say is that the I, I think it's the, um I don't remember anybody's name, but the protagonist or, well, no, the, the guy you save at the end that then puts his wife back in the book, then he goes in the book, then he's like, all right, you you enjoy your trip into the star abyss. Uh, that oh, dude, yeah, yeah. Um, is that, it's not Atreus, Atreus, a- who's... Uh, a- Atrus, Atrus. It's it's so it's him. I think yeah. he is the. I think he's one of the brothers that started the company. Yeah, that makes and sense. He was like, I don't want to. I did, he like he didn't want to reprise his role, but he sort of you know he had to. He's the guy. <laughs> he's got to do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. So I like everything about the aesthetic of Riven. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The world, cool. The set, the whole idea of like writing books into reality, like, li- like all of the people that I knew that were really into Mist when I was younger were also like the readers, the bookworms, the the people who like were into their fantasy novels, and the uh, the whole concept of like writing a book into reality and into being an actual living world that you can visit is like the dream, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if you if you love books, that's that seems pretty perfect. Yeah, it's like it's the feeling that it's already simulating is like being transported into this world via a book, but it's literally physically happening to you. Mm-hmm. So like it's a it's a cool concept. Uh, like everything about it is so cool. It just is a slideshow, and I yeah, it, it's a visual novel. It is. The, the, yeah, the game mm-hmm. is a visual novel with with clicking. 
Yeah, that's I hadn't thought of it that way, but it absolutely is. Because you think of a visual novel as being one that is like clicking through dialogue and reading, mm-hmm. but there is like zero reading. No, yeah, no, unless, that, unless that's not un- true. That's un- not true. The lore <laughs> is actually a lot of reading, but they're dumps rather than just like the main gameplay. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I said there's zero reading, I was like, I am wrong. Why am I wrong? It's like, oh, wait, I, oh, wait, I spent count, maybe like several hours reading lore. <laughs> yeah, maybe like four hours of your stream time was reading lore out loud because you were, you were so stubborn. You were reading the cursive <laughs> rather than just pulling it's up a, a website. At least three people were like, this is listed in plain text on a site. You should just go read it off of that. The- the best part was you got raided at one point and it was someone who had never been on your channel before. It was like, hey, you can just, you know, there's there's a there's a dump of this on a website. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> the only interaction they'd ever had with you is trying to save you from yourself. <laughs> and they learned that trying to save me from myself is a fool's errand on twitch.tv slash time wanderer. I will subject myself to the most roundabout, complicated, time-consuming, like, unnecessarily complex way of doing something possible. (laughs) Quality of life is for cowards. I don't know why I do it to myself. I I would like to know how much, how much time was added because of uh, because of reading the cursive, it's an impossible thing to understand. But I you like know what's the idea really interesting it. about it. Actually, what's that? There are different. Um, there are actually different journals written by different people in different. different handwriting. Yeah, that so was cool. some of them are way easier to read than others. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Yeah, some people have some real, <laughs> some real difficult uh, handwriting to 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 make out. Yeah, I'm one of them. But oh, I also yeah. just stopped doing, like, manuscript-style handwriting, so... I don't do the writing thing when I don't have to. I, I've got my notebook, and I added, like, four pages to the La Mulana notebook for Riven Puzzles. Mm-hmm. We had to learn colors and counting, and thankfully you didn't need to learn the <laughs> alphabet. I did not need to learn the alphabet. But I had to learn colors and counting way harder than I thought I did. I did not think I'd be decoding a base 25 counting system. <laughs> yeah, when we first got to the, uh the 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 weird bar drinking game that teaches kids to count to 10 um there's like oh yeah they're probably gonna make you count to 10 and that's it <laughs> yeah it was like I, cool i figured it out and it's like no no there is not even there close. is another layer to this <laughs> yeah. and the funny thing is i figured out from looking at like one to ten that's like oh there's there's a combination system here yes yeah where it's like you're adding five to one to get six Mm -hmm. so like five like five and one in the same symbol equals six five and two in the same symbol equals seven five and three is eight what i did not realize is that that would continue every five right because 10 is a completely new symbol but i didn't think that 10 and one would be 11 and 10 and two would be 12 and then like, and then there would be a, and there's another aspect of it where it's like the symbol for one and the symbol for five, like the symbol for five was the symbol for one on its side, <laughs> right? It was like mm-hmm. the symbol for one tilted 90 degrees. Now it's five. And then the symbol for 10 is the symbol for two 
tilted 90 degrees to make it 10. And then that continues on with like the symbol for 15 is three tilted 90 degrees. And the symbol for 20 is four tilted 90 degrees. I just thought it was a new symbol. Right. Right. I wasn't thinking that like, oh, that looks like two, but it's tilted because one and five are just lines. Mm -hmm. So it was very easy for me to process like, oh, one is a vertical line and five is a horizontal line. Because those just are different symbols to me. At no point did it occur to me that the idea was like, no, five is one sideways. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah, And then ten is two sideways. Because two is like a triangle coming out of the left and then ten is a triangle coming out of the bottom but it's like i didn't see a connection between those it's just like oh the triangle is here or the triangle is there right they're just different things and and that that perspective is really what a lot of the puzzles in mist are yeah it's thinking about the perspective of you versus what you're looking at versus what it's showing you Mm-hmm. Like versus what is on the plant, like the world itself, right? It requires a lot of lateral thinking mm-hmm. and a lot of like extrapolation. You have mm-hmm. to, you have to really like assume connections between things and then just kind of let your brain go and be like, okay, let's work on this assumption that isn't confirmed, but there seems to be a connection here. So let's just assume that that's close, right? Yeah. So if that being the case, what would that like? It's just like testing hypotheses. Mm-hmm. It's like we have a hypothesis that these things are connected. If that's the case, then what would this be telling us if that connection is true? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just test those hypotheses and then eventually one of them clicks and you're like, what? I, I feel like the it's rare that I face down a puzzle game where Uh, there's a higher ratio of solutions that are like, uh, like I get to the right answer, but then I'm surprised that that was the right answer. (laughs) Usually I figure out the solution beforehand and I'm really confident in it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I've got, I've got all the pieces put together. La Mulana is usually like this. I, not all the time, but at a much higher rate, it's like, oh, I know what that means. And now I have the thing that I've been looking for and I know where to go and what to do with it. Because I, I have a I have a thing written down here. I have a hint that mentions what it is that I'm supposed to be doing with that thing. Right. Well, yeah, it's because because it, you're solving your 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 basically it's set up like foreshadowing if you're writing, taking notes and good at yeah. remembering where stuff was. Whereas in Mist, the puzzles are sort of. <laughs> a lot of the a lot of the design of Riven is kind of just good luck. <laughs> like it real it's really just like it's helped along by the fact that there are surprisingly few things that you can actually interact with. Yeah. In any meaningful way. Yes. So anytime there's something you can actually move, it's like oh, this must be a big deal. Which which is frustrating to play today, but when you think about how much time it took to make all of the assets of the game, it's, oh, that makes sense why you can't interact with all of these things. <laughs> yeah, everything that moves in that game is like a pre-rendered video yeah. that, ta- that probably took them hours to make. Yeah, like probably thousands of hours, <laughs> like across people. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
I mean, like hours, like multiple hours per item. Right. And that's not just to make it, but like rendering. Oh, no, that I mean, I mean, that's what I'm saying is that each one of those little videos probably was a thousand hours or something insane. Because the, yeah. the I the, know the, the game... elaborate ones, especially. Yeah, there's some really the... simple ones like you can. One thing that I never figured out was like there's that there's that workshop or lab or whatever where there's a vice that you can open and close. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I never ended up doing anything with it, but you can move it. You can open and close the vice. And I'm like, that's a fairly simple animation. It probably wasn't that big of a deal. But some of them are really, really elaborate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and who knows? I mean, I have no idea. Like, I truly know no point of reference for how long it would take to do any of the, the animations or making art for this kind of a game back then. In the mid-90s specifically, yeah. Yeah, because my, my only point of reference for doing anything CG-related then was Toy Story, where it was like 30 seconds is a, a thousand hours or whatever yeah, it yeah, was. Yeah. Or man hours, right? Like it's Right, right, right. It was, not, and I know Riven, the it it came out about four years after Miss, but it was supposed to come out a year and a half earlier or something like that. And the the original company that was, um, the the their publisher was was really in the toilet. Like they were super screwed because of how long Riven was taking to come out. And yeah, but it ended up doing great, and they ended up somehow getting you know a multi million dollar marketing campaign before it was actually released, and uh, some kind of partnership with Toshiba. <laughs> in america oh. where that helped push the the game but uh, yeah that's that's called investment dollars <laughs> yeah. which yeah those of us in the uh those of us in the like everyday everyday like normal people universe um that's just called like a loan <laughs> essentially like like that's basically what an investment is right like someone gives you a chunk of money and then you have to pay back slightly more money when like over time when you have it back that's mm -hmm. basically just what an investment is like you take out money and then you pay back a little bit more money but you you take that money out so that you can make extra money that's just that's that's all that is that's how it works yeah it's it's sad i wish i could read this article uh from the new york times because it's from 97 but i don't have mm. a subscription to the new york times so i can't read it yeah. But that would that would be fun to 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 read because it's a it would came out, you know, a month before the game was released or right around the time the game was releasing. It would it would be enjoyable to to read through that. What's what's really yeah, just in the sense of like a mainstream news publication doing a video game review in the nineties. Yes. Yeah. Is already kind of a weird thing. Yeah, to to talk about a computer game in the New York Times. Yeah in 1997 right before you know thanksgiving and christmas and everything it's a busy they have lots of stuff to talk about because now like now like gene park is the gaming columnist or the, like the the gaming he's like the gaming writer for the washington post oh yeah sure video games are massive now like they like major newspapers just have a whole position dedicated to that because it's a big enough part of like of culture yeah where that's an understandable thing to do but like not in 97 mm -mm. so it just it gives you an idea of how big these games were that the new york times was like oh man a sequel to mist is coming out we gotta <laughs> get on that yeah i probably had something to do with that the, the multi-million dollar marketing it probably helps <laughs> 
<laughs> that probably helped, you know, someone somewhere being like, hey, you should uh, write an article about this. Yep. So speaking of Mist, I did some research before I started playing Ruben. Okay. And um, basically on like, do I need to start with Mist? And the answer that I heard was predominantly no. And I finished the game just fine. So obviously the answer was no in terms of a playability standpoint. But um, like story and lore wise, I do sort of regret not having that basis. Yeah, it seems like it was pretty important. <laughs> it's a direct sequel. Right. To the point I mean, where like the, the, the first the scene in Riven is a continuation of the last scene in Mist. Yeah, <laughs> the, the truly, truly, the title really did give it away. The sequel to Mist. Yes. So I, I mentioned I didn't get to I didn't finish this, but I mentioned earlier that I didn't know that Riven was a thing. And oh, what I right. mean by that is like I knew that Mist was a thing, and I knew that it had sequels, but I did not know that Riven was one of those games because its full title, Riven: The Sequel to Mist was not known to me. I just knew vaguely of Mist as a franchise and don't know that I'd ever even heard of Riven specifically as one of the games in that franchise. I thought they were all just Mist number. Sure. So starting with two, kind of a bizarre experience. But I will say that I enjoyed it enough where I'm legitimately interested in playing some of the other ones, particularly the first one. But now I don't know which one to do because there's like a bunch of different versions of Mist now. Right. Including one that actually gives you like legitimate open world navigation. Yeah, where it's set up. It's 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 it's, it's set, set up, up in like, like a, a first person, like free mm-hmm. open world style thing, mm-hmm. which I'm not sure I would enjoy more. I don't think so. I think the limitations help uh, in terms of figuring out what to do in some ways. Yeah, I so actually, it, I actually agree with that. Cause if, if you could just do anything anywhere, you'd be like, well, God. And then if you can't, I don't know if they've changed what you can interact with. That would be way more frustrating than mm-hmm. if you're just walking around more or less an empty world. Yeah. I don't see how that would, I don't see how that benefits the experience at all. I, I honestly think, and I was looking at mist and the way or, or riven, the way that it plays, the way that it literally is just like, yeah, these are all just still images and you are clicking f- through the slideshow to get to the next still image to get to the thing that you can either look at to give you information mm-hmm. or the thing you can interact with to to solve something. Or, you know, if you've done really well, eventually a cutscene with yeah. a real human <laughs> where they'll probably shoot you. More often than not, it seems so, yes. Um, I think that that actually gives this game, despite it being obviously a limitation, it's obviously like the sacrifice that they that they made for like, we want to create a really vivid and realistic and artistically fleshed out world there is no way we can do that with like actual in-game models of things so what we have to actually do is upload some pngs (laughs) and have you just click through them Mm -hmm. 
and then we'll overlay some some green screen video or some CG graphics over those over those things. And that's that's how they did that. And it it looking at it now, 25 years later, it screams of graphical limitations. Yeah. Like we could not make it look this good while making it actually anything other than basically a skybox that you're looking at. Sure. But just like with the the general visual style where we were talking about it having a sort of like artistic indie look to it now, mm-hmm. I feel like that also works into its unique style and makes it kind of stand out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think the whole like slot, like walking through the slideshow aspect of the game is so uniquely missed or riven or like it's so uniquely this game that like I it's it's almost its own standalone genre in a way where it's like I don't want it to go away from that because then it's not missed. Yeah, I would be curious to see how missed the the next so obviously the MMO was going to be an open world you sure know, yeah EverQuest style design like third person sort of stuff so I wonder if the 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 true mist fans the ones that have played all of the games have now been eased into that environment that they like that was better or if they're like no the the original are the best like i don't know what mist 3 and 4 look like or however many mists there are i uh, saw a lot of people talk about riven as though it was like their hands down favorite yeah yeah that does not surprise me I feel like the second one is always kind of like a golden version for like any long running video game franchise. Like two is usually a pretty special one. Yeah. If the, if the first one did well. <laughs> yeah. It's like one is good, but it's got some problems. Two fixes the problems and is like the best overall experience. And then three starts to get too big and unfocused. Would you call Mario three the second one? <laughs> oh, oh, that's a good question. No. <laughs> No, it's no, it's not because there is a Mario two. Like Lost Levels is actually like Mario two. Yeah, but is that really Mario two? I mean, it is in Japan, and then like, I feel like we got some semantics because I I know Mario then, two is Super Mario USA best name ever. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I think it's Mario three because in either region you're looking at, there was a second one that came before it. True. There's like two different versions of Mario 2, but in both cases, Mario 3 is the third one. Yeah, because it was it was the Lost Levels was technically Super Mario Bros. 2, but it's it's kind of just a it's it's like, Super Mario Bros. 2 in the same way that Majora's Mask is Ocarina of Time 2, where it's like we're taking if... the same engine, but doing some new stuff with it. Yeah, OK, they did. do. Yeah, I guess they did enough new stuff with the Lost Levels. Dude, there's poison mushrooms that chase you. <laughs> that game is unnecessarily rude yeah but that kind of that kind of I, I, so okay i'm not, <laughs> what is the two game then that you think is better um assassin's creed to comes about. to mind that that was the first one i thought of too yeah assassin's yeah, that's creed weird, was the first right? one assassin's and then well it's, it's especially funny because i haven't really played one since that one uh that's not true i I did play revelations because i have a very i think it was revelations whatever you can call people on i've I've talked about this before but it's my favorite memory and maybe almost maybe not any video game but certainly the assassin's creed where i'm supposed to sneak into a 
a villa, save somebody, but you can call your pals. So I'm hanging on a roof and it's stealthy because I'm and have the call my pal option. And the dude's like, if I see you, I'm going to kill this person. So I call my my friend and the dude just charges into the castle room on a horse, kills the guy and then charges out and no and no alarms were alerted. Nobody saw this happening. It was just like, holy shit, this is fantastic. And then I just jumped down and saved the person and we left as if yep. I had done it stealthily. Except yep. the person rode it on a horse. The <laughs> It's like it's the mo it's the loudest most attention grabbing possible way to do it but you didn't do it so it's okay into a castle it's not even like it was just an outside house it was like a fort that you're sneaking into oh uh, it was it was that was a glorious moment for me but so i'm trying to think of other twos street so fighter. super street fighter yep excellent mortal Kombat too also mm-hmm. yep uh i don't know if it's double dragon Double Dragon, yeah. Two Streets is, of Rage. I mean, yep, Streets of Rage 2. The more I think about it, the more I think that 3 is usually the better version, oh, actually. I don't know. Doom 2, though. I Doom don't actually is... know anything about Doom 2. Doom 2's rad. I know it's that got, Doom 3 some... is, like, weird and different. Doom 3 is very weird and different, but Doom Doom 2 has some some awesome sound effects, which all I can think about is a super shotgun, which I, I think that might have been in... Was that in the first Doom? I don't know, I played the most Doom 2 as a kid, as it was the only Doom I had played until Doom 64. Yeah, I was going to say, there's two Dooms that I have played ever, and one of them was 64 for the podcast, and the other one was 2016. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I have Eternal, and I haven't played it yet. Would, would, okay, Do you, would you count Metroid, the Game Boy Metroid 2, it's called it's, Metroid 2. It's called Metroid 2. I mean, I think you it's can't better. say it's not. And then Super Metroid says Metroid three on the title screen. True. You, you can't you rem- say it's Metroid two. Do you think Metroid two is better than Metroid? Damn, that's an interesting question, actually. I I, I really want to lean towards. Yes, if you have I a kind of do, too. But they're so they're so different. They are. But you get the spider ball. And that was really cool. Spider ball is really good. The, the spider ga- ball is the same power that you get in Blaster oh, Master, oh my but it God. works. But it's not garbage. Yeah. It's just a functional, good version of that power-up. <laughs> that power-up? Blaster Master will be eternal for us, not because it's a super memorable experience, but because the last <laughs> power-up in that game is the biggest... Oh, it's just such trash. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's so bad that will that it will uh, it retroactively makes the whole game worse <laughs> it really does like Blaster it takes Master a game me. that is like reasonably good and controls well and is okay fun to play and turns it into kuso <laughs> you would like if they had put that in a it would be like a power up you put in a in in a in a in a, in a game like zadet on purpose yeah <laughs> it's yeah. just so bad so blastmaster has become Oh, that game where it ruined itself. <laughs> like, thank you. Thank you, Blaster Master. I'm so actually, I'm really glad I experienced it because it would be one of those. You, you could have a lecture about game design mm-hmm. and talk about Blaster Master in it because it did it so wrong. Yeah. It, or, well, power. I guess it would be game progression, but in. Yeah, definitely game, game progression being done wrong. We're like, as you go through the game and face bigger <laughs> and bigger challenges, you should not have worse tools. <laughs> to take on those challenges. <laughs> yeah. So no, I think I think 
that's a, that's a that is true. Two does seem to be a, a high point in a series. Maybe not the the highest or the best, but it's two. It's, I would say two or three. I mean, Sonic also. Yeah, Sonic two, but also Sonic three. So yeah, but I yeah, mean, but, I think but, I think it's inarguable that both Sonic two and three are better than one. Sure, I would agree with that. I don't know if two or three is. I think I liked three. I played way more two as a kid, but I liked three because I thought it was cool that you could save. Mm. Also, Mega Man. Oh, yeah, Mega Man for sure. So, I mean, like, it's... I'm not saying that 2 is consistently the best entry in a series, but there is a long tail of games that have a decent idea in their first iteration. And then, they and can, then, then the they second can... iterate, the second game had, like, after a, you know, after a modest success in the first game, they refine those ideas, they have some budget from the first one, and they make a way, way, way better game. Like they step a lot of that up and have a more fleshed out experience that is more true to what people expect from the from the series going forward. Yeah, I think I think it's I I, I was agreeing with you. I was just curious because I was having a hard time. My first thought was was just Assassin's Creed. Yeah, it's weird that that one came up first and not like Mega Man or Sonic or Street Fighter. <laughs> Where it's yeah. like Street Fighter, of a all janky games, I mean. but okay first, uh, a janky <laughs> but kind of okay first iteration that gives way to a genre defining masterpiece. Yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah. Assassin's Creed. Assassin's Creed, too clearly, because you had two blades, so it did double damage. <laughs> <laughs> the best marketing uh... ever. <laughs> Oh, that's that's a weird progression that we came to. But this I like having not played Mist, I don't know if Riven is necessarily like the huge step up for like I know it's bigger and longer and I know it had five discs and playing in 2022 I was able to skip a whole lot of disc changing and load times. Yeah, we we found out that you would have had to swap discs as you were exploring the island if you were playing this originally and a lot sounds, actually. That sounds truly miserable. I assume that that's what the um, the long uh, roller coaster sequences were about. Is like I'm guessing that what's probably happening is that is playing. Um, oh yeah, that, like that yeah. loads up and the video starts playing and is like it is like loaded up and rendered, and that is giving you basically time to switch your discs before you get to the next area. I, I don't that. know that that's the case, but it feels right. It feels it feels like the the. <laughs> The roller coasters are like the 1997 PC game equivalent of a loading elevator. <laughs> yeah, that, I could see that being it. I really could. Like someone who knows the game better than us will have to like, will have yeah. to send an email to the retro breakdown at gmail.com <laughs> and tell me if that that is consistent with your 1997 Riven experience. I would honestly like to know it when the loading screens happened. Yeah. Genuinely. Same. I'm curious about that. Cause I, I feel like there's certain areas during like long transitions where I'm like, they could fit a loading screen here. They like, <laughs> yeah. this could be like a disc swap situation. Cause but, it's also like, I feel it, there's like five islands and there's five discs. So it feels like, isn't one of the islands super small though. It is, but that could also be where uh, like a lot oh, of could the, be a com yeah. the opening and closing yep. cutscenes are. Good point. Yep. Um, so like, I don't know that it's necessarily like one disc per island or anything like that, but that seems too simple. Yeah, <laughs> but it feels like there being a lengthy transition between islands 
is put there specifically because that's where they want to have the uh, the disc transitions. Yeah. Also, because each of those islands shares a lot of similar uh, a lot of similar like assets and and like geometry and and art and stuff mm-hmm. like the the whole I, like I don't know how the game is constructed. Is it literally just like a bunch of like a bunch of just background images that you stare at? Because if that's I, the case, then you don't have to worry about whether you're sharing assets and tile sets. I I, I have no clue. It's it's just like this is the thing about Riven is like it was okay fun to play because it's it's a puzzle game and you go around and you click stuff and you figure stuff out and it's fine. But it really like I, I feel like the thing that it's memorable for is that it it just kind of sparks your curiosity. Mm-hmm. But like. It's not sparking my curiosity about the world or the plot, but rather just like the process behind it, (laughs) which is not really what they intend. But like, I feel like it's a really, really interesting, like almost gaming archaeology project. Yeah, Yeah, I would like to know. Okay, I don't care if I ever find out what's happened to the Wanderer in his in his space fisher, but. I would like to read a, a a book of developing Riven, yeah, and Mist. Maybe not a book, but you know, like a nice sized pamphlet that that covers sort of the experience of all of that, or like Be- a thirty minute like making of documentary, oh, which I bet exists. Yep, that's what I want. Yep, like that's, I, I, I want to see some of the stuff that it's like, and this is how we did this. <laughs> and I, I'm I am like a hundred percent sure that something like that exists somewhere. But, like, that's what I'm really interested in. Because, like, this is a fascinating, fascinating game and experience. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would recommend that unless you just really like logic puzzles, which luckily I do. So it was fun for me to just kind of, like, figure these things out one at a time, even when they were kind of frustrating. Because um, they had there's a couple of, like, aha moments that are just super worth it um yes yeah yeah or when you when, yeah when, when there, there's a there's a when you get to the point where you have enough information to solve what you figured out is now a puzzle which i think is yeah. the, the hardest part of the game is you you do stuff and you think you're making progress but you really have no idea which is i would say it's it's worst feature in that it's hard to tell what like what is making things happen until you get into mm-hmm. the game more so you spend like the first five hours of the game like oh cool i found a new uh railroad track thing neat what, like, yeah, what? exploration <laughs> is like really the majority of I feel like I solved a grand total of about four puzzles the whole game. Yeah. And everything else was just finding a path that I hadding seen before or closing looking a at door, closing a door <laughs> to find a path that I hadn't seen before hitting a switch to see what it did. Yeah. You know, yeah, didn't you? You saw looking one at it, looking at some kind of diagram. I think it was funny that at the end, when you walked by the room that looks like a a freaky mind control chair, where like the cage goes down, and then you oh can yeah, look, yeah, like right in the beginning of the game, and you're like, yeah, though this room, this was a red herring, and someone's like, no, you solved the puzzle that opened up a thing, and you're like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but like you don't have to, you don't have to get in the chair to do it. It's a switch on the wall in That's that room. I- it's it's weird. So the right? chair itself and the whole gate and the hum that it does. Yeah, all like, of that is for the book. That is all. Because <sighs> like, there's a whole series of books, right, that are associated with this, and a lot of 
you know, deep lore that you can get into. Yeah, I suppose. And I feel like that's what that stuff is. I don't know. I, I told the people on the on my last stream that I would go look at the Easter egg stuff that I missed, and I didn't. Oops. <laughs> so I feel bad about that. I still want to, because I'm still interested in, like, I'm still really interested in this game. And I've heard a couple of people say, like, I'm really fascinated. It, like, if you're going to go back and play Mist, I'm really fascinated what the experience of playing Mist after Riven looks like. Yeah, that's that you have to be that has to be a unique uh, experience overall. Right. You, you have to be one of the few people that are going to be playing in this order and recording your reactions. To yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so like much so that I, I, I've started posting. I've started posting the YouTube series under the title playing Riven before Mist. <laughs> yeah, that fits. Yep. <laughs> so if I ever do Mist, I'll probably do playing Mist after Riven. <laughs> Which I like, I, I think that the highest praise that I can give this game is I'm kind of in and would like to play one or more of the rest of them, especially since I've had multiple people tell me that Riven is by far the most difficult and obtuse. Mm -hmm. So I feel like now that I'm through that, if I can, you know, if I can do this, I can do all of them. And none of them will be as, as difficult or as complicated as this. Yeah, that feels fair. Uh, I have no idea. My my guess is that that's if, if fans of the game are saying it, it's got to be true, right? At least in terms of puzzle solving, unless they're just more used to it by the time they finish Riven. That I mean, if it was just a couple of people saying it, I would be like, sure, opinions. But it seems like a predominant chorus. Yeah. Of like Riven's the hardest one. Oh, it sounded like I was being... Uh, like making a point. It that sounded like you're being true. facetious. Yeah, no, I was. <laughs> I, I, I actually meant. <laughs> I meant if if everybody was saying that the that's the hardest, it's probably true. <laughs> we talked last week about how difficult it is sometimes to like to like identify people who are like constantly sort of like berating and sarcastic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is like you're not like that. But this exchange is why that becomes so difficult is because like you can so rarely tell with people who are just like that all the time. It's like, OK, I don't know if you're being serious right now. <laughs> well, like, and that would be the perfect time for me to do something like that, too. Like, like that would be the that would be the interjection. They're like, yeah, well, you know, fans are always right. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, OK, dude. Like, but hey, in this case you moment. meant it like completely you <laughs> meant it in a way that's completely straightforward yeah. <laughs> and i was just like okay wait i have to pause i feel like i have to qualify that statement <laughs> because language so, is weird so let's say you really liked mist yeah would you want to play three four and five i have no idea <laughs> i have no Fair. idea and apparently the people behind uh the the people behind Cyan, I don't know if it's still Cyan or if they like dissolved that studio and then went to make a new studio, but they have a new game. Yeah, so that is the, so the, the like sort of spiritual successor to Mist. I believe I don't know how new it is, but it's newer than Mist. I, I think. I could be wrong, but I think Mist three I don't know if the Rand uh the brother I think they're I think it's the Rand brothers. Okay. That sounds right. Uh or no, Rand and who's the other one? I don't know. Gosh. Um Rand Miller and Robin Miller. So they're the Miller brothers. Way okay, off. sure. Um, I want to say that Mist 3 
was spearheaded by other people because they were working on their MMO, mm. Uru, Ages Beyond Mist. And then one of them left to go do other stuff mm-hmm. around the time that Mist 4 was in production. And one of them stayed on, I think, or came back to be a part of Mist 5. But then, then as you're saying, they, they had a Kickstarter, uh, it's like six years ago now, for, what is it, Abduction? Um, yeah, I think it's abduction, like with an O. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, that's 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 out and ready to play now. Like, so you you could you could play their newest one, which was, it, I think I think this is in their mind a situation where Ubisoft bought out their original, mm-hmm. the original like so their company, and then their company was being published had another publisher that was then eventually bought up by Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Right was in charge of three, four, and five and part of the Uru stuff. Uh so I feel like Obduction is the sequel to Riven. At, whereas three, four, and five are in name the sequel to Mist, but in the creator's mind, this is the true next one in the series. Mm-hmm. Kind of a thing. I could be wrong about that. But that's kind of my my memory of what I had looked at. Oh yeah, it's not it's not particularly new. <laughs> It came out. It came out on Windows in 2016. Yeah, yeah. No, I just mean that that was like that was their idea. I, I'm, yeah, I'm not. That's not in meant in argument to you. I was oh. just like I was looking it up because I was like I don't know how like I don't know how new the game is. Yeah, it was like six years ago. Yeah. So but, yeah, I like I am aware of that. I am. I can almost like soft commit to at some point going back and playing Mist. Oh, this yeah, this is not actually like a me partially, asking when you're going to do it. <laughs> yeah, partially because like it, I I hear it's shorter and easier, but also because I'm really interested in what the connections are. I will mm-hmm. say it's not like it's not set my it's not set my whole world on fire where I have to go out and do it right now 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 now. Mm-hmm. But it definitely is like this is this this has a place. Riven has a place in my heart now. I was about to say, if at the very least, even if if you never do anything with the series again, you you've now experienced what is one of the more important PC gaming franchises. Yeah, like in part of game history, it's super important. Yeah, definitely. And specifically, neither of us had played that many PC games, so it was. Even though I would never want to suffer through <laughs> sussing out those puzzles, I enjoyed watching you do it quite a bit. <laughs> this is definitely one of those games where if you're not really puzzle inclined, I think you can have a I think you can have an equally good experience just watching someone play this mm-hmm. as actually doing it yourself. No, yeah, I, I truly had fun watching you play the game, but it's not something I ever want to play. It's like, it's not a story-based game, but it's kind of the same deal where it's like, you don't necessarily have to play like a Telltale game or bring this back around like a David Cage game. Yeah. Like the gameplay in those is arbitrary. Totally. They really just want those to be movies that are choose-your-own-adventure books. I mean, in, in fact, both Indigo Prophecy and Heavy Rain, I played with other people yeah. and... I think I was controlling it, but I don't remember, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, it the doesn't fun of, like because <laughs> like the, uh, the big thing in like in all the Quantic Dream games is like there is a I, I distinctly remember the beginning of Heavy Rain where there is like a three button combination for shaving. <laughs> oh yeah! Oh, and it's so fun in Heavy Rain to like get halfway through the action and then stop. Like that was. Yep. Playing that game with someone else was great because then you can laugh at how stupid the 
the whole process. All is the like, aborted animations. <laughs> like making a like completely botching the escape in the uh <laughs> Oh, in the market. In the market yeah, is, with the chickens and everything. Freaking priceless. Yes, yes. And yeah, also a... it doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You can at all. fail every single prompt and it doesn't do anything. I love that moment. Except so make much. the entire except make the entire chase sequence like a comedy of errors. It's so funny. It, literally it's so dumb. that's two different scenes, one of which belongs in an action movie and one of which belongs in like a comedy like, for children. Yeah, like, yeah. And it's in the and the, it makes it so much better. Like the, one of them is in Taken, and one of them is in like Daddy Daycare, because the context of what's happening is very serious, and what happens next is quite serious. Mm -hmm. But that one moment is so out of place. If you screw it up, it's 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 honestly great. It's a better experience when you do it wrong. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Riven isn't. No, no. Riven no. is a better. Here's the thing. I, Riven's a better experience if you do it right, but I think if you go and watch a long play of just someone solving all the puzzles, I think that would be boring. I, oh, you I mean like think, they knew where to go? Yeah. If you oh, just no, 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 go no, no, there no, no, and no. you just do the thing. Then you might as well just read a synopsis. Yeah. At that point, like I feel like there's a certain amount of joy that you have to get from watching someone like uncover the clues and get closer and closer and closer. And like, I think it's a really big part of the reason I was having fun watching you play it is is because it was the, the discovery of the game is what mm -hmm. the game is. Knowing yes. the answers kind of who cares. Like I, I've heard in I've heard in Mist the the end of the game is like one screen behind where you start. Yeah, that's, I so the that, speed I've, run is like ten seconds because you just turn around and put in the code and leave. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I, so I like love that th that basically sums up like if you go into the game with all the answers, there's no game mm -hmm. like dis like it's, it's, it's exactly as you said, discovery and finding stuff and looking at stuff and just experiencing the environment is the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's cool that they made multiple ways to solve some puzzles, too. Oh, yeah. The, the animal thing wow. that you can solve by either like either visual clues or audible clues. I think that's awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Because I I was go I ended up solving it with sound cues, but I noticed some visual cues that I had to use to, like, refine my thinking a yeah. little bit. So, like, there were a couple of visual cues where I was like, that looks like a thing that's on one of those things. That looks like a very particular shape that matters well and, and so that puzzle kind of gets you in the mindset of perspective right because you don't mm -hmm. see that the shape of the mouth of the cave is whatever animal it was. right but when, right but right, when right. you look at it from a certain angle you do you're like oh and then later on when you're given the the pin puzzle that everyone just talked about putting it on their face and you're like is that part of this <laughs> yeah <laughs> it was not <laughs> and how that well was... it sort of was because it was kind of like I guess what people were trying to say is like, it's kind of like if you'd put the map of Riven on one of those, on one of those like pin boards. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's creating that sort of like topographical map. But the moment I saw it, I was like, this is a map. Mm -hmm. I just like, it was the next step that I had trouble with <laughs> where it's like, they expect me to read the map and know what these things mean. I think the best part, 
of your puzzle solving experience was almost solving the mar- marble puzzle your first try by accident. Yeah. Like Which you kind seems of knew it's impossible. Yeah, like cuz you you had you had a bit you you're like, "Oh, I think this is where all the marbles go and you were off by one color." Yep. <laughs> like that, that would have been so that would have been one of those moments where everyone that had played the game was just watching you being like, "No, no. Whole no way Reload is this possible." Reload your save. <laughs> right like absolutely not do it again not. absolutely not <laughs> oh, yeah man. that would have been really wild <laughs> hey you know you know what i can't wait to talk about next week though atlanta and the united states god damn it